The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us. This marks the end of the NFL Scouting Combine, where NFL draft prospects get scrutinized physically, athletically, and mentally to a great degree. Um, Speaking of the mental portion, we re-released one of our favorite episodes where we took the Wonderlick test on the podcast, the Wonderlick being the aptitude test that all uh, NFL draft prospects take to measure their mental aptitude. Um, it's it's somewhat accurate, somewhat flawed. We talk all about that, and we actually took the test, so it was fun to share the results um, live there. This was a couple of years ago that we took it, but it's one of our favorite podcasts. So hopefully you guys enjoy that. If you're listening to this one, last week we discussed uh, current bills that are under contract for the 2020 season that we would decide if we would cut them or keep them on the roster. That was a fun exercise, but in this episode, we are going to discuss the Bills' top three free agents of the roster heading into free agency. Will the Bills uh, extend them? Will they let them walk? Should they? In our opinion, should they let them walk or uh, or go from there? So we're going to discuss this. We're also going to go into uh, quick Bills news and notes this week in Bills history and uh, give away... Our Donovan McNabb signed football at the end of the podcast. So stay tuned. Remember to listen to the end of the podcast for that. But um, as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, uh, John and Mike. Fellas, how are you doing this uh, this wonderful episode? Doing great. Go Bills. Doing good. Great to be here. All right. Good to have you guys. Well, um, there's not a lot to talk about as far as the Bills go Um you know, obviously McDermott and Brandon Bean were at the scouting combine. They were taking questions from reporters. Um, there was uh, there were some interesting things of note, but what was really cool, I thought, was Sean McDermott getting on um, Good Morning Football um, with Pete Schrager, and he, he discussed uh, his his way of attracting free agents or what he talks to free agents about when they come to Buffalo. And he said the following: 
Well, I think this, it just comes down to simply, we've got a tremendous culture, a tremendous locker room, and really it's about a transformational type of type of locker room, type of culture, and as opposed to transactional. You come to Buffalo, you'll become the best version of you that you've ever been before, on the field and off the field, and whether it's college players coming to us via the draft or a free agency with pro players, uh, that's what we've done, and that's what the players have done, and it's a really a credit to everyone in our building. And what was cool is after he said that, a number of different Bills players quote tweeted it and basically said, you know, that's the truth. You know, that's how they feel. That's how that's how it is. And you've hear, you've heard a lot of uh, players talk about that on and off again in the last three years that McDermott and Bean have been here. So I just thought that was kind of a cool quote. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I kind of feel like I kind of feel like since McDermott has been here, I, I've been like the best version of a fan that I've been too, you know, just like this, like Nate is, I, I am the most, this has been a, such a fun time to be a fan in the last three years that McDermott has been here that like, I kind of feel like, you know, this, this team is such a likable team, the players on it, the way that they act on and off the field. And it's just kind of like this little, this, this family atmosphere uh, this team, this culture is just, it's just gotten to not only within the locker room and within the front office and, and everything uh, at one Bill's drive, but I, I get the feeling that it's, it's resonating with all of us fans. So what do you guys think of that quote? Do you, do you agree with that? And, and uh, is that kind of how you feel with, feel as a fan? Trust the process, right? I mean, players are buying in. That's definitely a good thing. Um, as a fan, I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel no different. I still feel like this is their year, just like I have the last however many decades. <laughs> John always trust. John trusted the process back in like 2003. No, it's totally, it's, it's a politician's answer. It's mindless platitude. It means nothing. Like did Kelvin Benjamin think he was the best version of himself physically and mentally when he came to Buffalo? No. How about Zay Jones? Like, no, like it means nothing. Like how about a concrete... That's why they're gone now. <laughs> yeah, but there's no specifics, no like real answer. I, I think he, yeah, he definitely has to say that to a point. Uh, but I've never heard anyone really talk about it to that extent in previous coaching staffs. I mean, you know, Rex Ryan, you know, they might say you want to come here. You want to come here, you're going to win or something to that effect. But no one's ever said, uh, you know, no one's ever cared about how you're going to be as a person. And I think that's what hits home with players or in fans is that, you know, before it was just like, this is what the team can do. This is how we're going to run as an organization. It's like, no, like, like Mike, we want you to be the best Mike that you can be. Like, not only when you're here, we're going to push you to be hard, but we want you to be the best Mike, like out in the community, like as a, as a person, as a friend, as a son or whatever, like we want you to be the best at everything. And it all starts here and it resonates from here on out. And I think that, that, that that's if you're if you're someone maybe if you're someone who lacks direction maybe you're someone who doesn't have that sort of figure in your life that 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 expects that of you or wants that out of you you know that you kind of cling to or maybe you know you're talking to a lot of these guys that are coming out as rookies out of college right or young young players in their early 20s and that's like such a i mean you look back at like our early 20s i mean you just kind of go with the flow you figure things out as you go along but very few times is someone like, you know, pointing you in a direction that you go with your career and your life. So I think that kind of is like, you know, hey, you know, that's 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 that is that where I want to go? Like, is that what I want to do? Is that 
the kind of person I want to be. Okay. Like that sounds good. But to it's me. completely self-serving. Like his job is to recruit players to Buffalo. Like that's the whole point of his spiel, right? Like in all these managed, these buzzwords, these ideas, like everybody reads the same management book and <clears throat> what's in vogue now is like, Oh, the complete person. Like it tells us nothing is my only point. Like maybe he has to say it because everyone else will say the same thing. Like, but it tells you nothing. It's not like player A came to Buffalo and, and Oh, he, he's the NFL's man of the year because of our policies and procedures to um, plug you in to charities and philanthropies in the local area. And you're going to be a better, more philanthropic person. And, Oh, look at player B who's, who had his best season ever because of this coach and this um, assistant coach. And this is just, Oh, come to Buffalo. You'd be the best player. No, I don't fault the guy at all. It's a sound bite, but it's, it's not telling you anything is my only point. I think the main takeaway is that the players are are buying into what he is saying. It's not like, you know, when Dick Duran was here, the players are retweeting things that Duran said. Did Twitter exist then? <laughs> or Rex Ryan or Chan Gailey <laughs> or any of them. Did the internet exist when Duran was is that's that's fair, Mike. I think I think I'm sure it's not just like a generic blank like template. Like you be that best person. Okay, bring in the next guy. All right, yeah, you know John Brown. Okay, you're gonna come here. You're gonna be the best person on off the field. Okay, Cole Beasley, come on in. You're gonna be the. I think I think they do try to tailor it specifically. I mean, without knowing who the free agent is, I don't think that they can actually come out and say this. Like, I mean, in the end, money talks. But if you're in a position where you're between three or four other franchises, you know, like the Bills were with Greg Olson. <laughs> a few weeks ago you know you have a certain thing obviously he obviously greg olson didn't want to be the best form of himself like can we all say that for sure (laughs) i don't i don't like maybe when you're 20 you believe this stuff but aren't we old enough now where you you have a certain level of cynicism like the person again his job is to recruit people right it's completely self-serving yes Not that that's bad. I'm not condemning it. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying anything. I'm just surprised you guys lap it up. Well, I... (laughs) It's like, of course your boss is, oh, we we love you. We want to keep you. Pay me (laughs) at the end of the day. (laughs) Like, you can do all this, oh, company picnic, blah, 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 whatever. (laughs) Yeah, pay me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's all means to an end is my point. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, to a Super Bowl end. Yeah, to a Super Bowl end. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Like, th- yes, they, they, oh, we're all big one family. If you don't win, he's going to be gone, right? Like, if the players don't perform, they're going to be gone. They might be the NFL's man of the year philanthropically, but if they, if they suck on the field, they're going to be gone. Like, you, Mike's, Mike's very cynical about this idea. I think, so I think that they've, you're right. It is completely self-serving. I mean, that's how you get people to come is you have to sell them a line. You have to if you're it's the same thing if you're recruiting for college, if you're Nick Saban out of Alabama, like how do you recruit? Uh, you think he's selling the, you know, you'll be the best version of yourself or is he selling, you know, come here if you want to win a national championship. You're going to work for it, but you're going to win one. You know, like that's his selling point, right? Like they all have their own thing for sure. Um McDermott can't say, "Well, if you come here, you're going to make the postseason." He doesn't want to promise that. He can't be like, well, you're going to, you know, make it far. I mean, whereas the Seahawks with Greg Olson, I'm sure they were like, well, you've got Russell Wilson. Like, you could potentially win a Super Bowl next year when you've never won one. 
So well, they offered seven million dollars. Yeah, they did all. Yeah, yeah, money. But that's that's to Mike's point. Seven million dollars. The Bills probably weren't weren't willing to go that far. And money talks, especially especially because Greg Olson is thirty five and he's not like the young rookie and the young, um, you know, twenty something year old on his second contract. I mean, this guy has been around the league for a while, or he's learned already what what the ins and outs. So, yeah, Mike. To your point, I think there's there's definitely something to be said about that. Um, I still I still buy in. I still buy it. I still love it. I still I still trust the process. So I still circle. I agree one. with me. <laughs> Two to one. Mike's wrong. Um, the next thing I wanted to write. No, I I love Mike's different perspective on that. And uh, yeah, but let's let's go into. Okay, we're going to go into the top three free agents. Um, on the Buffalo Bills roster currently, but they're going to become unrestricted free agents in a while. But let's uh, first do This Week in Bills History with John. This Week in Bills History. All right, This Week in Bills History. So as you know, we just had Leap Day, February 29th, which happens to be the birthday of former Bill Bryce Pop. Now, I got a question for you guys. Bryce Pop, nice. In 1995, Pop's first season with the Buffalo Bills, he became the NFL Defensive Player of the Year. How many sacks did he have that season? I think I know the answer to this one. Mike, you want to go first? Go ahead. 20. I'll go under. (laughs) Congratulations, Mike. 17 and a half. Damn it. Why did I go so high? That was ridiculous. (laughs) Ridiculous number. That's, that's not Derek Thomas. Not Derek Thomas. <laughs> uh, cool. I'm glad I lost that one. Um, just going to say that. See, that's just how I'm going to sell it to you guys. I'm glad I lost that one because winning to me didn't of that uh, that amazing this week in Bill's history quiz didn't matter. It's all about you know I'm the best version of myself on and off the podcast. So um, all right, let's go into the top three free agents for the Buffalo Bills heading into free agency. Last week we discussed Jordan Phillips and the Bills. Uh, basically, John Wara of the Associated Press said that the Bills were going to let Jordan Phillips uh, test free agency. So we're not going to mention him because we imagine that he will not get re-signed um, at this point. Uh, we talked enough about that last week, so if you want to catch that, uh, check in last week's episode. Uh, but for the first one, so we have three major uh, free agents. Kevin Johnson, starting cornerback Kevin Johnson, starting left guard Quinton Spain, and starting defensive end Shaq Lawson. So I, I say starting, but a lot of these guys rotated. Quentin Spain did not rotate, but Kevin Johnson rotated uh, with uh, Levi Wallace at corner, um, sometimes um, Taron Johnson in the slot. Um, Shaq Lawson obviously uh, was rotating in at defensive end with Jerry Hughes and Trent Murphy at times. So uh, so those were, the, for the most part, they did start, they did play a lot of snaps, but. Uh, we'll go into them uh, player by player. Discuss some of the some of the grades and and ratings that people have given them, and uh, we'll go from there. So last year, Bills cornerback Kevin Johnson was signed to a one year, three million dollar contract at the very beginning of free agency. As I mentioned last week, um, Joe Biscali of the Athletic um, does a really good job of grading the players um, each and every week and giving a season long grade. Of the players each and every week, or uh, you know where they stand, you know week six, where who's the best player in the Bills or who's the worst player, in the, you know he does it for like all, all thirty four starters or people players that have started at one point, 
Um, this is really good. You should definitely check it out. If you're not an athletic subscriber, you should definitely become one. So Kevin Johnson, 34 players rated. Um, out of 34, John and Mike, since I'll include you a little bit on, on some of these stats, out of 34, where do you think Kevin Johnson was ranked on Joe B's list? Like which 34 players, like starters or? No, they're just players that have started at one point or played a significant amount of snaps. I think his threshold was like 400 snaps or 300 snaps or something like that. 200 maybe? Must be 200. So. Um, I have 34. How about we do this? How about we do this? I'm going to change this up right now because this this is kind of like, uh, that doesn't really tell you as much as the next question I'm going to ask you. So let's start off. He was number 15 out of 34 as uh, as a nickel cornerback, basically. Um, that's where that's where uh, Joe B has him listed, although I know he did do some work on the outside as well. Um, but, for example, like I guess his, his biggest comparable on the team and the person that he'd be competing with the most on the team if he was brought back this season would be Levi Wallace, right? Levi Wallace and, I guess, Taron Johnson would probably be the two comparables. So... As far as Kevin Johnson and Levi Wallace go, who do you think was ranked higher by Joe B? Kevin Johnson or Levi Wallace? Kevin Johnson was ranked 15th out of 34 with a 2.92 GPA. I mean, they are the, they can't be that far apart, can they? Well, I don't know. Well, what do you think? I mean, uh, if I were to, before I looked at this, I wouldn't think that they're that far apart. They seem to be doing pretty well, each one. I mean, no one spectacular, but, you know, pretty good. I mean, I would have. So, like you said, fifteenth. I, 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 in my mind, I was already thinking somewhere in the middle of the pack. So, and I probably would say the same for Levi Wallace, but I'm not, you know, entirely sure. Buddy, that's the point of this exercise, because I don't think anyone's totally sure unless you watch the tape. Like I don't know, sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can just say ranked higher or lower. Just say higher. Or I'll lower. go seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> so both lower, you guys both feel Levi Wallace is worse than Kevin Johnson, and, and you would be correct based on Joe B's grades. Uh, Kevin Johnson ranked 15th out of 34. Levi Wallace is 26th out of 34. So much lower ranking. Um, if you're going by GPAs, Kevin Johnson, 2.92. Levi Wallace, 2.76. So not that far in grading, you know, like a .16 GPA. That's not that crazy. Um, but you know, a lot of many spots down. If you want to go to Pro Football Focus, and before everyone collectively rolls their eyes when I give out a Pro Football Focus ranking, just know that I'm not going by that. <laughs> Shut up, John. John's John's giving me the biggest eye roll ever. I know I'm not a huge Pro Football Focus fan, but I think a lot of that has to do with their overall player rankings and grades. Like for example, we talked last week about <laughs> Tre'Davious White not being in the top 101 players, which is absolutely ridiculous. But um, I think that we should talk about where their coverage grades are because they also rank, um, you know, each cornerback on the Bills roster in coverage. So how how well do they rank? So between Kevin and Johnson and Levi Wallace, who do you think has a better coverage ranking by pro football focus standards? Do you think it's the same as Joe B's grade or do you think it's different? I think it's different. Ooh. So you think Kevin, you think Levi Wallace has a better coverage grade? I think that's what PFF's going to say. Because <laughs> it doesn't make sense logically, so PFF would go. Mike, what do you think? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's already tuned out. So um, Kevin Johnson has the better coverage grade than Levi Wallace. A 73.6 
compared to a 68.2. So <laughs> so over five points. But Bro, I'm checking out. What are you talking about? <laughs> the coronavirus is ravaging the earth, and you're talking about this stuff. Oh, we're going to get like, to... Cor- what are we doing? <laughs> we should be talking, like, what supplies have you gathered? Like, where are we going to meet up? Are we going to form an alliance? Like, what are we doing? What do you think is the most important supply that we're going to need in the outbreak? It's got to be water, right? Water is water, always- right? <laughs> Three days without water. Three days without water and you die. How long can you go without food? Three weeks. Three weeks. Now, is that three weeks if you're in good shape or if, like, you know, you're packing on a few pounds? <laughs> I guess average. Average. Okay, gotcha. All right, all right. Well, I'll have to bulk up and carb up even more. That's that's a good skill. Yeah, well, a little bit. I, You know, it's funny. In, in, the, in Zombieland, the, the fat people were the first to die because they couldn't run away from the zombies, so... Um, but yeah, water. So we agree water. Where are we going to meet up? Um, we don't, ha- I don't, I don't have any, I don't have that much artillery. Do we meet up at a friend's house that we know has a ton of guns? Like what, what happens? <laughs> Is he going to shoot us out of fear of us taking his, his, his munitions? <laughs> oh, this guy, this got dark really quick. Um, don't more people die from the flu than the coronavirus percent, even percentage wise of cases. Yes. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're projecting a worldwide scale, <laughs> but yes, yes. They, I did read that the most the the people that have really suffered from it are the ones that have compromised immune systems, just like the flu, like the old and the young. You know, I wonder. Or if, if you're if you don't get enough sleep, like everyone. <laughs> oh, if that's the case, if you just don't get enough sleep, I'm <laughs> I'm done. I'm done tomorrow. You know, what at what point do you think? the outbreak would have to get as bad for your work to be like, yeah, you guys don't have to come in. I feel like it would have to be at epic proportions, epidemic level of proportions. I think you'd go work from home, right? Pretty quick. As people are like dying. At that point, you're like, uh, see in a month, maybe. Yeah, well, what if your job, what if you like work at Walmart? Like <laughs> You can't just work from home, right? What There's if- not going to be anything left at Walmart, dude. <laughs> It's like bare shelves. Okay. All right. So if water is the first thing to go, what's the next thing? What's the next thing we all got to stock up on? Whiskey? Well, you know it goes good with coronavirus. <laughs> Lyme disease. <laughs> we just steal that joke. So <laughs> wouldn't it be, I mean, <clears throat> there's in medicine a history, right, of treating one disease with another. It's how they treated syphilis. They'd give you malaria. It's 15% chance you would die, but then your brain would rot from from syphilis. Mm. So and that's the, why Al Capone, like his, you know, brain turned to mush because he was too scared of needles to get the malaria shot. Oh. So John's point about like, oh, what goes good with it? Like not in, incont- I mean, it, it's funny, but kind of like throughout history, wow. you could actually treat one disease with another. I did not know that. I had no idea that you could treat syphilis with malaria. So then what would happen is would malaria kill the syphilis? Yeah. Yeah. And then you would just, uh, wow. And then you'd hopefully get over the malaria. Sometimes you wouldn't. Do you ever see that uh, World War Z with Brad Pitt? Yeah. That's how he, uh, okay, I'm not going to spoil it, but that's a, oh, something yeah. similar. Wow. Oh. You can spoil something that was like 10 years old, right? Right. I don't know. I don't know if you can. <laughs> 10 years. That's right. Forgot about that. So, all right. That's so, what but to John's point about the flu, right? Like things can go like, oh, everything's fine to a week later, like 
horrific. Oh yeah. Like, didn't somebody say like the, the man's biggest weakness was like our inability to understand like an exponential function. Like it can go, it can go fine, fine. Two people have it. Four people have it. Eight, 60, 64, boom, whole world. Yeah. Like the black plague, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. It just doesn't, it doesn't take much. doesn't take much, but don't you think like, yeah, by the way, I made the No mis- more going to build games. <laughs> no, no more like <laughs> no. crowded venues. <laughs> A Bills game is going to be the. I mean, luckily it's not a dome, so like it's kind of aerated, right? Like, like the air is a little bit. It's not. It's not stagnant, but it's. It's yeah. That's dangerous. That's the worst place you want to be, shoulder to shoulder with all these other people that you know haven't even taken a bath in a few days, right? Like, would if would they still play the NFL games? You think if they had no like, so say things get really bad and there's no like public, you can't get together in public. Like, would you still play an NFL game through the NFL? Probably not. Right. Oh, that's a lot of money to lose. Right. And, and whatever percent, like I have no idea what it is, but like such a bigger audience that's watching from home, they would never see it in the stands. So you could still be like, Oh, let's play the game, but no fans. Interesting. Right. I feel like the NFL would go out of their way to make players play. <laughs> So they didn't lose out on. Well, they they obviously don't care about the players. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I kind of <laughs> I put that as a possibility. You're right. You're right. <laughs> it would just be like it wouldn't be. They wouldn't cancel it until there was absolute public outcry. That's like, why would you ever play a game? You know where? Would, do you, so you're saying if if they did play a game, would there be nobody in the stadium to watch them? Even it would just be like literally the players and like the staffs and and the referees and the umpires and stuff. Yeah. Yeah officiating crew yeah i think they would still do it they i mean because what's what's their alternative just not play it and you know they have the television contracts now you got to figure like what like 99.9 percent of the people watching the game aren't at the game so right you'd lose that maybe they could just pump in some crowd noise <laughs> <laughs> like other teams do like the falcons did <laughs> or whatever um so have you guys like stocked up at all i haven't done shit you know what's we you know what's sad is like you, you seriously this I haven't I mean I will now but think you're gonna eat the food anyway so it's not like you're out anything like go get yourself some chef boyardee and then freaking hopefully you don't need it but if you then <laughs> you can still be fine or tuna or whatever it's not like you're even throwing anything away yeah yeah right yeah good point what's the first thing that's gonna go like you said besides water electricity probably is gonna go right <laughs> we gotta hope this is in the summertime because it's freaking cold right now. <laughs> No electricity, your furnace isn't running. <laughs> Natural gas. I mean, this is this is dangerous. Like you were talking about hunting. Like, yeah, I want I want someone that can cut down a tree, <laughs> like start a fire in my uh, fireplace. Yeah. <laughs> Do you imagine like so? If you live in a suburban neighborhood, how quickly that like neighborhood is going to deteriorate if people have things that other people don't have, like water. Mm-hmm. Like, you find out that, like, you're the one house on the street that has water. You think there's not going to be, like, 20 other families trying to save their families coming for that water? Right? Right. Yeah. Don't tell anybody that you have it. <laughs> Just refuse every everyone that needs water, right? There's got to be a certain <laughs> age limit. Like, if you're under 40, like, you're fine. You're, you, you, you can have some water, but if you're over 40, like, ah, you lived a good life, right? Like, it's, it's longer than most live. I don't it's know. funny that age limit is always younger than you. <laughs> younger than... <laughs> 37 and a half. Like, I mean, you shouldn't. <laughs> oh, man. 
So does the looting start now or I get it, John. We'll text you. We'll text you. <laughs> How are we going to contact you? You can just stockpile right now. <laughs> There's no electricity. How are we going to contact each other for the looting? <laughs> John shows up at like, you know, a grocery store all by himself with a ski mask and everyone's just shopping like normal. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, wait a minute, the looting didn't start tonight. Oh, all right. <laughs> Just walks <laughs> walks out slowly. And then he gets tackled. He gets tackled. I know or we just we just text text John in the group text, be like, it's tonight, John. <laughs> if you get tackled, John, start coughing on the people. <laughs> You'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> so uh, we were talking about Kevin Johnson. Kevin Johnson has a better grade than Levi Wallace, not only in Joe B's grade, but also in a coverage grade by Pro Football Focus. But I think what's most interesting is Kevin Johnson has only a .3 less coverage rating than Tredavious White by Pro Football Focus standards, right? So not only is he, you know, he's better than Levi Wallace in both grades, he also has a better coverage rate. He's almost as good as Tredavious White. Now, if you go to Joe B's right rankings, Tre'Davious White is the best graded player on his on his ranking, and you know Kevin Johnson's number fifteen. But you know it's something to take into account. Kevin Johnson, so far by most standards, is better. So value wise, we should we should not resign Trey White and then just sign Johnson instead to replace White. Yeah, Kevin Johnson is essentially Tre'Davious White, right? I mean, can we all agree on that? <laughs> um. I would be so with saying that I wanted to go over spot tracks, spot tracks where where we get a lot of information from. As we mentioned last week, the Bills have roughly like seventy five to seventy six million dollars in cap space. If you take into account the fact that they're going to have to sign, you know, seven or so draft picks this upcoming season, the Buffalo Bills uh, spending wise, positional spending wise, when it comes to defensive back, they are ranked. They're ranked bottom six in the league with defensive back spending, which is kind of interesting. Um, you know that that number's going to jump like crazy when they sign, re-sign Trey White to the biggest contract in the NFL. Uh, but right now, it looks like they're uh, they're doing the right thing. So I would be okay with re-signing Kevin Johnson to a one or two or maybe even a three-year deal. Um, he proved to be healthy. The only reason why he wasn't re-signed in, in Houston or why he didn't get a bigger contract last season is because he missed the entire season beforehand with a concussion. So um, injuries have been an issue with Kevin Johnson, but if you do maybe a thing where you do one, two, or three years and it's just like a John Brown, Cole Beasley contract where if you front load it the first season and you know if it goes well, then you have them for year two and three under pretty good uh, – under, for for a low cost, so um, I'm okay with bringing back Kevin Johnson. What do you guys say? Yeah, I mean they're 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 already hurting from a depth perspective at the position. Um, you know, I, uh, who knows what's going to happen free agency and the draft and everything. But at this point, I'd say to resign him. Yeah, Mike, you agree? Three for three. Sure. All right. Next on the list, we're all agreed. Like resign Kevin Johnson to like a low. It's not like a. Uh, I mean, he was resigned last year for a three million dollar contract. I might go as high as like four or five million dollars per year potentially. But even then, I mean, five maybe maybe five is too much. Three to four again, same thing. Couple of years. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's do it. Okay, next next one. Quentin Spain, starting left guard, Quentin Spain. Last year, he signed a one-year, $2 million contract in the, I would I would say, like the quote-unquote like third wave of pre, uh, free agency because you have the first wave, which is basically, you know, before free agency even starts where like the these ma- players make the huge contracts and, you know, players get signed. And then you have the the second wave, which is basically, you know, uh, right after the tampering period, the very official start of free agency in the first like two or three days. It's like the second wave, right? And then like a week or two later is like the third wave. And Quinn Spain just all of a sudden the Bills had already signed like twelve offensive linemen. And then he came in for a one year, two million dollars deal, ends up becoming the starting left guard for the Buffalo Bills this whole season. Didn't allow a single sack. And uh, I I think I think he did uh, pretty decent overall. I think that one of the things that hurts him, before I go into the grades and rankings, one of the things I think that hurts Quentin Spain in this offense is unlike Kevin Johnson, Kevin Johnson can play different positions. He can play um, outside corner. He can play nickel corner. Um, Quentin Spain's a left guard. Like, they never had him rotate in, whereas you look at guys like John Feliciano, Spencer Long that we talked about last week, those guys can switch in at right guard, left guard, center for uh, Feliciano at least. Um, I believe Spencer Long could do the same. He just doesn't offer that positional flexibility that the Bills uh, really appreciate in this offense, especially if they're going to spend um, a decent amount of money. Quinn Spain uh, in Joe B's rankings was ranked number 19 on the list. And just to give you some perspective, so we'll look at the other side of the line, John Feliciano. Um, do you guys think uh, Quinn Spain had a better... Ranking from Joe B, from uh, better than other uh, right starting right guard John Feliciano. What was Spain nineteen? Spain was nineteen. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'll go higher. No higher, Mike. Yeah, higher. Yeah, uh, Quinn Spain was uh, was better than John Feliciano this season. Joe B's ranking, Feliciano was ranked number thirtieth, number thirty out of thirty four, and Quinn Spain was number nineteen. So. To put that in perspective, Quinn Spain was one spot below starting center Mitch Morse on the offensive line. I sh- Pro Football Focus and their grades uh, as far as you know pass blocking and run blocking, Quinn Spain was ranked below John Feliciano when it came to run blocking, according to fo- Pro fo- Football Focus. Um, he was the worst run blocking offensive lineman for the Bills, but he was the third best offensive lineman when it came or I'm sorry, I'm sorry the fourth best offensive lineman when it came to pass blocking so he he did show up very well in pass blocking 
And he didn't allow, like I mentioned earlier, didn't allow a single sack all season, which he has pointed out on Twitter as well, just in case we forgot. So, uh, Quinn Spain, much better pass blocker than run blocker. And I wanted to give some quick offensive line stats. We sometimes forget, excuse me, that the Bills' offensive line was so atrocious in 2018 that we think that any improvement is a good improvement when really it's just better than terrible. So as far as some offensive line rankings go, pro football focus gives the Buffalo Bills the 21st ranked offensive line in the NFL. They said the Bills uh, invested in the offensive line this offseason between free agency and the draft, and we've seen improvement from the unit over last season. Those additions along along the line combined with an emphasis on the short passing game and a resulting quicker release from Josh Allen has lowered the signal, signal caller's pressure rate roughly seven percentage points from where it was last season. The Bills' top pass blocker has been Deion Dawkins this season, 76.4 grade. Um, so 21st ranked offensive line by Pro Football Focus. As far as football outsiders go with a DVOA standard, which is basically just deviation um, uh, above average, uh, Buffalo, as far as run blocking, is ranked 16th, so right at the league average mark. Pass protection, the Bills are ranked 23rd in the NFL. So at, at right at the average or below average in both stats and by pro football focus. So you get enough things, you start to realize that the Bills' offensive line really does need some upgrades. And if I guess if I'm going to make a decision today, I say uh, based on the lack of positional flexibility, um, the lack of him being an all overall all-around um, great player. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that the Bills got him in a third wave of free agency last season. I think they can pick up uh, a player of the same caliber or better uh, than Quinn Spain, especially if Quinn Spain's expecting a big deal. And I'm okay uh, letting Quinn Spain test the market and become a free agent completely. What do you guys think, John? Well, it's obviously, it's obvious they still need more work on the offensive line. Um, but it also seems to me like it's a low, would be another low contract, low risk type of thing. Um, so, I mean, I'd be okay resigning him. Yeah, if it's a low. I agree with John. Like, it all depends on what price and at what terms, right? Like, anything. If it's a if it's a similar contract to last year, if you could get him for like a two or three year contract for like three or four million, we're good, right? Just like we were talking about Kevin Johnson. If it gets above that, though, you guys are probably out, right? Yeah, I wouldn't want to pay too much. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Low contract for deals for both Kevin Johnson and Quentin Spain coming back only on those. Um, I, I have a feeling Quentin Spain will not come back. I have a feeling like he's going to get a bigger offer from someone else just based on the fact that he hasn't, he didn't allow a sack last season. I think that's going to stand out to a lot of teams and they're going to pay him more than I think the bills will. I think they're going to let him test free agency. Um, I think they're, they probably, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to try to resign Kevin Johnson, but um, I don't think he's going to get a really big contract from anyone else. Now we go on to the cream of the crop, the most important unrestricted free agent besides Jordan Phillips, which we know tests test the uh, market, is Shaq Lawson. The 2016 first-round pick when Rex Ryan was here, um, he started off his rookie season injured. Um, he hadn't really, up, up until this point, up until this last season, he hadn't really done a lot to set himself apart from the other pass rushers, Trent Murphy or anything like that. And this season, I think he he really he really showed up on defense as a defensive end. They, the Bills did not 
re-sign him to or not did not uh, give him his fifth year player option. Um, Lawson took a backseat to Murph, Murphy when healthy in 2018, and he returned to more of a full time role in 2019. From week 11 through the playoff game, uh, Lawson played nearly 60 percent of the snaps in each of those, and only slightly behind starters uh, Murphy and Jerry Hughes. I think Lawson excels in run defense, and uh, and he does. Uh, I, I, he's just he's just not big pass rusher. He's getting better, but he's not he's he's not really there. He's going to be 26 next season, so he has age on his side. Um, if you want to go to rankings right now, Shaq Lawson is the 11th ranked player on Joe B's ranking out of 34 players. That's a pretty high ranking. Um, that is the highest ranking we've seen for any of the players that we've mentioned so far today. Um, just to give you an idea, do you guys think that he is ranked higher than Trent Murphy? Yes. John says yes. Yes, 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 yes he is. At 11, he is ranked the highest. Trent Murphy is 31 out of 34, so um, much higher grade. Joe B obviously likes Shaq Lawson. Um, if we go to pro football focus grades, I want to give you grades on – on Shaq Lawson, as he compares to the run and as he compares to the pass, on the pass rush, uh, Jerry Hughes, obviously Jerry Hughes, by the way, um, is is the best-ranked uh, pass rusher by any standard. He is the third-ranked on Joe B's chart of all players. So that just goes to show you how much uh, Joe B and, and, and a lot of people think about Jerry Hughes, especially even playing with those torn ligaments in his wrist coming down the stretch of the season. Um, that's probably the reason why the Bills re-signed him to a two-year extension after this last season, so he didn't become a restricted or an unrestricted free agent after the season. Um, Jerry Hughes is the best pass rush defensive end, by no surprise, by Pro Football Focus standards. The next one, however, is Trent Murphy at sixty-nine point one, but Shaq Lawson is right, right behind him, like nipping at his heels at sixty-eight point seven, only a point four difference. When it comes to pass rush. Now, run defense, uh, Pro Football Focus has Trent Murphy as the best run defender defensive end. And then uh, after that is Jerry Hughes and Shaq Lawson. So even though Joe B mentions that Shaq Lawson is really good in run defense, uh, for whatever reason, Pro Football Focus has Trent Murphy ranked higher. And if you look at the contract deals, the contract uh, or the potential for what could be for Shaq Lawson, Track does a great job of showing what the market value would be for Shaq Lawson based on comparables, other free agents, other deals that have happened recently based on statistics and stuff like that. It doesn't mean that the player is going to get a contract like that, but unlike the other players, um, Spotrack actually gives, you know, what, what the bills and, and he and um, the team that runs the site says that Shaq Lawson will basically get a $7.6 million average deal, four years, 30 million, and uh, when you look at that, his equivalents in the market is like Henry Anderson from the Jets, Robert Quinn, um, other players I don't recognize. Oh, yeah, Matthew Ioannidis with the Washington Redskins, Robert Quinn with the Dallas Cowboys, um, Daquan Jones with the Tennessee Titans. So he's kind of given some. So $7.6 million. We talked about Trent Murphy last year or last week having the second highest cap hit at like at uh nine million dollars so we talked about cutting trent murphy last season in my opinion uh looking at where the bills are i know it's a lot of money to spend for a second defensive end but it's not like the bills are shelling out 20 million dollars for like a von miller 
So if you can re-sign Shaq Lawson to that deal that Spotrack has at $7.6 million a year, cut Trent Murphy, you got Mike Love and Daryl Johnson sitting behind those guys, and obviously you know a top three-round defensive end or potentially another defensive end that the Bills find in free agency for added depth. I mean, I'd be all for that. Resigning Shaq Lawson, I think, is probably the most uh, pressing need that we've mentioned tonight. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'd, I'd resign him. Mike, convinced? All the all depends on the money. If it's seven point six million per year for four years, just to give you an idea of where the Bills are spending money, um, Jerry Hughes right now is making is the fourth highest cap hit at basically nine million dollars per year. So he would be making nine and a half million. He would be making less than than uh, Jerry Hughes, obviously. Seven point six to nine point five. Trent Murphy. I'm sorry, Trent Murphy is almost ten million dollars this year, which is unbelievable. So you guys agree? Cut if if it comes down to seven point six million dollars, cut Trent Murphy, resign Shaq Lawson. Done. Shaq Lawson's younger. He has less of an injury history than Trent Murphy does at this point in their careers. Um, as, to me, it seems like a no brainer. You guys. Plus, if you're comparing monies from like what the guy's getting in 2020 versus a year or two years ago, and it would still be less than those contracts, that doesn't sound like a bad deal. Yeah. The time value of money, John. Good point. All right. Cool. All right. So we're all in agreement on all three of those. If it's the right contract, I have a feeling like the Bills will re-sign Kevin Johnson, re-sign Shaq Lawson. They made it a point at the press conference, end of season press conference, to say that they really do like Shaq Lawson and they want him to be part of the team. Apparently he helps, you know, maintain the culture. And I think that this is this will be the first time the Bills have had a chance to re-sign a drafted player to a potentially large contract because before this, I mean, at least... You know, a, a player drafted by the Bills. The Bills really haven't signed any of those players. I mean, they did Eric Wood, but then he retired from, you know, injury. And so the Bills haven't really re-signed anyone they drafted. Jerry Hughes got that contract extension, but he was a trade from the Kelvin Shepard trade from the Indianapolis Colts. So um, he's young enough, man. He is at that age where the Bills like signing players if they can on their second contract. They'll take guys with injury histories. They don't have a problem with that. But they like uh, guys that, uh, you know, are young. And, and like like they mentioned, Jack Lawson's only going to be 26 this next season. So that's a huge, uh, huge plus for the team. So um, we're going to end it on that. We're going to do our quick, no, really, really quick, going to do a quick uh, T Public plug for our T Public store. If you check out our site, tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod, you're going to find like at least I think we have 15 to 20 unique bills themed designs for t-shirts, mugs, hoodies, uh, long sleeve t-shirts, tank tops. If you're into that this time of year, maybe you guys live in Hawaii, like our buddy, uh, Ryan, you know, or maybe you live in uh, Florida. So, um, you know, just, uh, they, we have everything. Uh, we just, they just had a sale. There's sales like every week for this site. And I try to pump them whenever I can on our social media sites, but sometimes I forget, but, uh, we have a St. Patty's day Buffalo head shirt, going on this week. So check out our tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod uh, store, and you'll find it there. Now it's basically, it's, it's cool. I'm, I'm not going to give it away, but you guys got to check it out just to see for yourself if you like it, what you think of it. Uh, give us some uh, some thoughts on it. Um, but I think you guys are going to like it in lieu of, uh, of St. Patty's Day coming up this in, in just a few weeks. 
along with the coronavirus coming up within a few weeks. So we should do a coronavirus themed shirt <laughs> anti public. So I, I got coronavirus and all I got was this lousy Bill's shirt. Um, so we also have uh, Josh Allen jumping over the haters. Our very so our our, our biggest selling t shirts are Josh Allen jumping over the the word haters shirt, and then we also have our Sean McDermott trust the process shirt. Which uh, if you're like me and John, you'll probably uh, enjoy that shirt. But if you're like Mike and you think that everything is very, if you're very cynical about everything and you don't think that there's really any genuity or genuineness with people and what they try to say, then uh, you probably won't like it. But um, so again, check that out, tpublic.com slash stores slash ctwpod. We are going to give away the Donovan McNabb signed football from our friends over at Del Lago Casino and Resort. Um, last week we gave it to, uh, I forget who it was, Sumit Gupta. And uh, you got to listen every week. Not only do you have to leave a five-star review, but you have to leave it or you have to listen every week. And uh, appreciate all you guys that have done that over um, I thought it was just a review. You have to leave a specifically a five star review. That doesn't seem genuine at all. No, you think they should be able to leave like a two star review and be in? Yeah. No, any review. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So any review, apparently, as long as you, as long, <laughs> as long as you, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, whatever, man. Be be true, huh? We're not just pumping for the best. Uh, the best ratings. Give us if you're if you're gonna be a jerk about it, if you're gonna be critical about it, just don't be a jerk, right? Just be constructive. Like say Mike can be a little bit less cynical, right? Like that would be I don't think it's cynicism, man, to to try and appreciate incentives in human interaction. Right. Like I try and be geez, in in everything in life, you should try and understand the incentives of the different parties involved, right? And I think try and be in the ninety-fifth percentile in in appreciating them and trying to recognize them. And I still across the board underestimate the power of incentives. Yeah. Like why so for you guys to just slurp down what he's selling. Yeah. It's not cynicism. It's just appreciating incentives and interactions. And people should not, I think constructive criticism is great. So if people can give us, Positive feedback, negative, negative feedback. What do they like? What do you want to hear more? What do you, what do you want, want to hear less? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I'm I'm open to all of those things. You're right, Mike. We just speak up for. But yeah, you definitely have to look at incentive, incentive for everything that you do in life. Why is your boss asking you to do this? You know, why is your wife asking you? To do this? <laughs> you start to look at everyone and be like, what's your what's your end game here? What do, what are you trying to get from this exchange? Right? Okay. I I think it's. There's a tendency, right, to conflate just appreciating it doesn't mean you have to have a approach life with a transactional nature. So not being like, oh, Nate was nice to me. I, I'm going to be nice. Like, it's not all like that. It's just appreciating what incentives drive people. That's all I'm saying. Yes. Good call. Good call. It's very important. I think it's I think that's something you don't realize, like when you're these kids age, like rookies and, and you know, guys in their early 20s when they're talking to McDermott. Like they don't realize that. That's why you hear a lot of these guys saying, "Like I have to do what's right for my family," because they realize, in the end, doesn't matter what city you're playing for, doesn't necessarily matter what coach you're coach or you're being coached by, as long as it means that you know, money, money talks. And luckily, the Bills have the fourth highest cap, and uh, they have money to spend, so that's gonna talk the mo- more. And then you know, the second thing, you gotta hope that you have a good secondary pitch, though. I will say that. Like, if you're talking with a free agent and one guy's offering you this and the other, luckily the Bills are like, their selling point 
is going to be better than a lot of teams because they can be like, we were 10 and 6 last season and we are only getting better. And this is our chance. We will have it. I mean, because if you're talking about like the Greg Olson thing, like they're, they're obviously going to have a leg up over the Washington Redskins as long as it doesn't have to do with money. Like if money is if money is equal, you know, the, why would you not want to go to Buffalo over Washington? Unless for some reason you love the city or whatever. You think the city is so much better, which I have to be honest. I don't know if that really truly matters in NFL players' minds unless it, like everything else is completely equal. Okay, both both teams are offering me the same amount of money. Both teams suck or are really good and like the weather's better in Miami. Like that's the only thing that you would do, right? It would be like a tertiary or, you know, fourth ranked thing. But otherwise, I mean, if that was the case, then Miami would get the best free agents of the NFL by far, right? If it was just based on weather. So money speaks. We all get that. Okay. So let's let's give away the way I'm going to read a quick uh, review um, that was just given this last week. So thank you to Andrew GK11. Andrew writes, the monotony of working overnights would surely be too much for one soul if not for the Buffalo Rumblings Network. I always feel up to date with my absolute favorite team and feel like I know all the amazing hosts, especially Nate and John of Circling the Wagons. Um, so Andrew, write that. Thank you very much, Andrew, for, for saying what? that. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, did I did I forget that he... Did I miss Mike on that one? <laughs> um, but thank you very Seriously? much. <laughs> he, did, he didn't write you on that one, okay? He, he, he said Nate and John. That's what he and said. That's the one you picked out to read. Um, this, wow, that's just the most recent one. I didn't want to scroll too far, so <laughs> we're out of scroll too far. Probably three come <laughs> up at it on one. You don't even scroll have to scroll any, and you see three. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to scroll at all, and I saw that one, so that's what I did. Plus, there was there was one mic where like they said that you were their favorite. So shut up. I don't think that one got read. I did, no, I haven't read that one yet. <laughs> I've been, been saving that one. Well, if you always look at the top one, it's probably not going to come off. <laughs> so uh, the the winner of this week's signed out of a McNabb football goes to Tom G underscore 97. That's Tom G underscore 97. So Tom G at one point left us a review and uh, yeah. Yeah, so just so Tom, just shoot us an email. Shoot us uh, our email, by the way, is ctwpod at gmail.com. Shoot us a tweet or a DM over Twitter, a DM over Instagram, Facebook, whatever you gotta do. Um, everyone's been able to get a hold of us that way or another, and um, and we'll send it to you from there. So um, I have nothing left to add, but uh, appreciate everything you guys. Uh, appreciate all you guys listening. Um, next week, we're going to discuss uh, the Bills' biggest needs going into free agency in the draft. Going to talk a couple of options at each one, and uh, we'll go from there. So signing off for John. Trust the process. Next year's the year. Go Super Bowl. Go Bills. For Mike? Stock up on food. <laughs> you never think about it when it's present. It's the only thing you think about when you don't have it. Get a couple cans of Chef Boyardee. Throw them in your pantry. <laughs> Wait, I thought we said water was the most important thing. <laughs> just, I'm assuming everyone's filling up their bathtub. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So make sure you have a full bathtub. Make sure you have. <laughs> make sure you stock up on Chef Boyardee. And uh, for me, Nate, go Bills. We'll talk to you guys again next week.
Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills.